Okay. Hi, podcast. I was going to say you just heard from us, but we just recorded. That doesn't mean <laughs> you hear us, right? It's then always a week apart. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Well, hope your past week has been good. I need to move this burrito away from here or else I'm going to eat it on mic and it'll be gross. Just <laughs> ASMR. Nobody wanted. I have a goal for us this episode. What? Somehow, some way, we need to get back to two hours. I don't know how this happened, but we, our last episode was almost three and a half hours long, and that's excessive. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. When what did we, we did. become these people? Too many. Mine is, yeah, I noticed that my notes were really long the last few. Hey, I tried solid. to tone it down, but I don't know if it worked. Or if I just you know, didn't put as many spaces between everything. You know, fair. <laughs> I also tried to tone mine down, and then I did make my roommates watch Ghost Adventures with me. Um, <laughs> it was very fun to watch Lux react. Ooh. Lux doesn't fuck with Ghost Adventures like that, so it was like... <laughs> it was fun. Watching. <laughs> seeing the reaction. let's 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 hit exactly two hours what time is it now 804 i'm trying to be done by 10 <laughs> yep i'm trying to be done in an hour and 56 minutes can we do it podcast uh, i hope so. i don't know Maybe i know we, when we first like brainstormed the podcast we we're like oh you'll talk for 30 minutes i'll talk for 30 minutes and we'll be good and i don't think we, we've ever had an episode that <laughs> isn't two hours We've had one total. I think our shortest episode ever was like an hour and 20 minutes, and it was episode two. That's so funny. I think so. And because that was the the morning after we recorded our first episode, we woke up super early. Yeah. And went and recorded episode two, and we were fucking dead. No, we were. I remember that. I remember waking up and I was like, I'm dying. I can't. I can't do this. I don't know how to talk. And then, and then, meanwhile, I was like, guess who did the Titanic? A mummy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we put that on the internet. It's out there. It's out there. For people to find. Unless we delete the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wipe it from the face of the internet. No one will know if we delete it right now. How are they going to know? They're going to know. How would they know? Anyway. I haven't seen you in a day. A day yeah <laughs> literally one single day um what happened today my today. burrito exploded <laughs> yeah exploded i'm so upset i have a plate of rice and ground beef i got the spiciest burger ever from the calf yeah i don't good know spicy or bad spicy it, it was good the first few bites and i was like all i can <laughs> taste is spice after these so many and, like, they're never – you usually have to add Tony's to these burgers. And I was excited when it was seasoned. I was like, oh, my gosh, a seasoned burger. This is crazy. And then, like, I don't know what they put in that. But, like, <laughs> literally you couldn't even taste anything after a first few bites. Adam took one bite and was like, I'm done. Drugs. Yeah. There. Um. No, continue. Sorry, sorry. I know. I don't even know what I was going to say. I was going to say Lux, Errol, and I started playing that draft pick game. You know, where it's like, have you seen those guys on TikTok that do drafts for random things? Oh, yeah. 
we started doing it and it really divided us <laughs> um things did get violent <laughs> we did s- breakfast cereals which was very 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 polarizing this house has some incorrect opinions um <laughs> then we did modes of transportation <laughs> oh no and then we did sodas and candies and it was uh it was a lot no, that sounds so lot. fun though no yeah okay do you want to just start i know i feel like we're <laughs> i saw you yesterday yeah i don't know what else to like i don't know i feel like we recorded but we didn't because it was only like half an episode so we didn't like yeah. do an intro so i'm like oh well we can go a couple days before then but not really because we did just like wind up talking I about mean, the week at the beginning the only thing that's really happened is we did have Aaron's bridal shower. Yeah. And brunch. And that was all real fun. Yeah. Aaron's amazing. We knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She told me she's going to be on for episode 60, so let's hope that that works out somehow. I know. It's so hard to, to make them. What's my category for 60? What's your category for 60? I have no clue. I'm about to pull mine up. This is 58. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're pretty close episode crazy scroll 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 stuff i can find on the internet like what what sounds like i made up five minutes before i got on the mic damn yeah aaron definitely has to be on for 60 that's a violent combination yeah (laughs) that's a lot packed into one episode (laughs) it's got some beef to it that's not good (laughs) it's not a good combo we've had some pretty dangerous episodes that resulted from that combo we did Black Eyed, or no, we did Richard Chase and the Mystery Man from Torrid in the same episode. When I did Lauren Spire, you did Scientology, which was the scariest episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, when I didn't I d- cover Scientology, it, but it was just the conspiracy that was yeah. true that they did. Like, government I did conspiracy. Arnie Cheyenne Johnson, the guy who was uh, said the devil made me do it the same episode that you did dinosaurs aren't real (laughs) i I did maura murray and you did hollow earth like (laughs) yeah you'd be telling me about some serious stuff and i'm like man i'm really about to have to talk about the weirdest thing on the internet after this you like super serious like like it's down to the facts and i'm like so these guys thought that sailors could sail into holes in the water <laughs> to go inside of the earth <laughs> i did jennifer pan the same episode you did spy animals oh no these combos are just brutal <laughs> yeah <laughs> really brutal i did joseph spritzel and you did skinwalker ranch <laughs> brutal episode Oh my god. These are crazy. I love that. That's so fun. Is it though? No. 
Anyway, well, what a perfect segue because I have a ghost today, which is neither a true crime or an other. <laughs> well, that's pretty crazy. It's what kind not of ghost? In America. Yes. It's not in America? Is it famous? Hitchhiking ghost. What's that? <laughs> the people from the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Where they hitchhike. <laughs> oh, yeah, at the end of the ride, they're, they're all like, over the car. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not the Haunted Mansion featuring Eddie Murphy. Um. Hmm. Not? It's. Is it a place? Yes, it's a building. It is famous. I don't know if you're going to have heard of it. It's in Ireland. Oh, there was that, like... I th- I might know what it is, but I will never remember the name. Loftus Hall? No. I. It's not what I was thinking. So, first of all, full disclosure. Um, I don't remember writing this research. <laughs> a ghost sent this to you. <laughs> No, like dead ass. True ghost. I, I, I mean, it's done in my style. Um, actually, let me let me check when the last edit was made to this Google Doc. You want to guess a month? December. May. Oh, okay. I was going way back. So about four months ago, <laughs> I did this, and then um, pushed it back. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but I was, like, I consulted my spreadsheet, like, what am I supposed to do this episode? And then, like, just looked up the name in my Google Docs, because I usually, like, set up the document. Like, I'll pick my sources ahead of time and just throw things into Google Docs so that I can just click and go. And I clicked this one, and it's just done. Like... (laughs) This is 10 pages of research. Oh, no. That somehow just didn't happen. I wonder if it was, like, right before, because May was in school let out, and that was when we were trying to cram. Oh. So you, like, oh, this one might be too much to do right now. But I don't know why, because we were literally, like, there was, I remember one week where it was, like, research, record, research to record to. Yeah. Like, it was back to back to back. So I don't know, like why you would throw one out of there but maybe like this is just too much to cover right now or this was in my like this uh google doc was called episode 58 and we were supposed to do upwards of 58 before the summer started so oh lux is facetiming me (laughs) interessante hold on okay So, yeah, my my disclaimer was essentially I wrote this research four months ago. I do remember it. I did watch, like, I did catch up on my research today, but, like, sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, this is a, a very, very famous building. Like, it's been on the Travel Channel. It's been on Ghost Adventures. Like, it, it has some weight to it. Um, okay. And the, the building itself looks insane and i didn't realize it until because i literally watched the ghost adventures episode and then came upstairs to record (laughs) um so it's fresh got Um, it locked i can still hear zach's voice in my head (laughs) but they did this like 360 flyover of the hall and 
it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's just miles and miles and miles of farmland. And then this, like, it looks like Malfoy Manor. Like, big, black, intimidating, just in the middle of fucking nowhere. And then behind it is the ocean. That's so scary. Like, it is a cliffside, or, like, not cliffside, a beachside manor. But, like, one side is beach and the other side is just farmland. It looks insane. That's crazy. Um, but, yeah. So, and it, it's got some weight to it. But this story, there's, so I'm going to go through the history first. But then there's one very famous story that everyone talks about. Um, then I'm going to cover the Ghost Adventures episode. And then a guy wrote um, a memoir um i cover i'll talk about his name later but he has this whole book of not intended to be ghost stories but like a large part of this book is about his summers in loftus hall okay and there's some ghost activity and there's some crazy quotes so Uh oh that's our overview that's our spark notes are you ready yes i'm so excited it sounds haunted it's no it's so painful it looks haunted like it's one of those those are the best it hurts (laughs) the and the some of the stuff that happened in the ghost adventures episode was like crazy like zach is just very dramatic like but some of the stuff he caught was a little spooky kooky ooky (laughs) um yeah the drama (laughs) i love the drama in the shows (laughs) i hate him (laughs) yeah no it's so bad no he's just so like performative Mm -hmm. and then he'll like catch real shit but just be like come at me it's like zach please get off of the table (laughs) like please calm down you're being you don't have to fight the ghost (laughs) (laughs) right he wants to get hurt I feel like he he's the type of guy who's like, it'll make my career if I get stabbed right now. <laughs> I'll exact, be set your for already life. <laughs> he's so annoying. Anyway, so first, our building started under a different name. Okay, it wasn't always Loftest. For the long t- longest time, it was Redmond Hall. Okay. Which might be familiar. Um, also, side note, there's a lot of, like, weird timeline stuff a lot of like because because this hall existed during the irish confederate wars so there's a lot of the english have it and then the irish have it and then the english have it and then the irish have it and then we're gonna the english have it again and then they're gonna kick all the irish out but then the irish come back like it's a it's complicated so bear with me for the names but starts with this guy his name is raymond legro 1170 jeez right that's a while ago so he lands um, in this area, which is now known as Bagginbun. Okay. Hobbits much. <laughs> um, it's named after this dude's two ships, which is La Bag and La Bon. <laughs> Very original. Um, he's a Norman knight. Okay. But he's there because he has to fight this really important battle. It's to safeguard the arrival of the second Earl of Pembroke. These are all fake words. Yeah, I know. (laughs) This dude, but the Pembroke dude, his name is Richard DeClaire. Um, He's, so this guy, 
um, Raymond is here to safeguard Richard's arrival to Ireland. Um, I googled Richard. He's a pretty important guy. That is written verbatim in my notes. I googled his name and he's an important guy. That's a bullet point. (laughs) So Raymond lands Mm -hmm. and he gets this land in the area um, in County Wexford. He builds this castle that's called Houseland Castle. He wants to assimilate. Um, He doesn't want to be the Norman dude. Um, He doesn't want to be that guy. So he wants to assimilate into Irish society. He changes his name to Redmond. Okay. A.K.A. Redmond Hall. That's where the name come from. Um, It lasts about 200 years. As, As that name? Yeah, it just lasts about 200 fucking years. Um, It's eventually, like, replaced, refurbished, whatever you want to call it, with a different castle, more modern, um, in 1350, which is around the time of the Black Death. Oh. So they were just moving away. You know this by now, yeah. (laughs) Um, But this this is, like, the official, like, beginning of Redmond Hall. It was probably Redmond Hall, bleeding into that time but might have still been called houseland the names are convoluted this is ireland what can i say (laughs) so 1641 irish confederate wars this is the 11 years war okay it's a bunch of civil wars between ireland scotland and england who were all ruled by charles the first got it redmond hall is attacked by English soldiers a year after the war breaks out. So they were loyal to Charles. Okay. Um, So during this time, the hall was known as, like, a rebel shelter. So um, the owner at the time, Alexander Redmond, uh, he was allegedly a sympathetic guy, and was housing rebels, Irish rebels, uh, from the English who were, like, invading the Irish countrysides. Mm-hmm. So this captain pulls up, okay? And here's the deal. Remember how I told you that this is on a fucking beach? Yeah. Boats pull up like this is a driveway. <laughs> okay? That's like, so cool. this is in the most inconvenient spot during wartime. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, in the, right in the, the, I don't even know what to say. You said t- it with such confidence. I know. I, t- I had a word and totally lost it. Never mind. <laughs> um, like a harbor? Is that the word you were looking for? No. I don't okay. <laughs> I'll remember, like, at the end of the episode. <laughs> we'll come back. So, this captain, his name is Thomas Aston. He sees the hall and is like, I could take that. <laughs> I could make that mine. So, originally, his garrison's only 100 soldiers, but it was reinforced. It was doubled to 200 under the captain of Aston um, and also Anthony Weldon. So, we have uh, Thomas Aston and Anthony Weldon, who are leading this garrison of 200 soldiers to take Redmond Hall. Okay. They're English. They're taking the Irish Hall. Mm -hmm. So, they also have two small cannons. Okay. They land near the hall. Okay, in this bullet point, I'm going to read it verbatim. Okay. Alexander Redman was a G, and deep down in my heart, I know he was hot. 
<laughs> that is what the bullet point says. That's the next line. Yes. Okay. So he, he at this point is 60 years old, but he okay. still manages to barricade the hall and is prepared to defend it. Um, he has two sons with him at this point, Robert and Michael, and then a bunch of the rebels he was housing all oh. step in, along with a tailor who just so happened to be there. And he's like, yeah, I'll help. In total, there was ten of them, and they had two guns. Uh-oh. And they're facing down a garrison of 200. With two cannons. Yeah. So Aston shows up and demands that he be let in in the name of the king. So Alexander says he can come in, but he has to leave the men and the weapons outside. Okay. There's obviously a gun battle. (laughs) So the thing with the cannons is that they're too small to do, like, any actual damage oh, they're to just the main scary. door of the hall uh, because it's like old as fuck and is like built to last mm-hmm. so they can't do any damage to the main door and to make everything worse his men like get bored <laughs> and they just abandon leave. him <laughs> to go pillage the countryside <laughs> like this sucks let's go get some loot so his men abandon him so that they can go pillage the Irish countryside. Got it. So he's by himself in the store that he can't fucking break down. And uh, he uh, doesn't know what to do, right? Mm-hmm. But the fight still goes on. Not all of his men dip, obviously, but most of them. <laughs> a, like, a good bit. Enough so that it's noteworthy. Leave. <laughs> That's so funny. And then... The fight is still going on. And by fight, I mean they're fighting the door. (laughs) And this thick sea mist comes over the entire peninsula. Because this, I think I I did it a disservice with the way I described it. It is, it's surrounded on three sides by water. Like, it's a peninsula. Um, And it's like has this expanse of farmland in front of it. Yeah. It's not totally obvious on the sides. Like, the, the beach is not hugging it. But the only thing in between this hall and the beach is more farmland and more countryside like it's by itself Mm -hmm. um so this thick sea mist comes over and the there's some irish confederates nearby who start to hear scuffle okay and then they show up and manage to surprise ashton's men because of the fog Okay. So about 30 dudes are able to escape by boat, but Aston himself, Thomas Aston, is killed during battle, and two lieutenants are taken prisoner. Oh. So one of the captains who came to their aid, um, he puts a bunch of English prisoners to death, probably at Ballyhack, and a few more are put to death. Um, they're hanged at New Ross, including one of the lieutenants. Okay. Yeah. So... According to the Redmond family pedigree, it says that Alexander actually had to defend the hall one or even two more times. <laughs> like, this is just a thing that happens because um, his house is on the water. Yeah, they're just window shopping and see like, his where house. the boats come. Yeah. But this other guy pulls up. His name is Oliver Cromwell, autumn of 1649. So this is about, I think it's six years after the first one yeah 
uh, 42 and then 40, nope, <laughs> 7 years. 9 minus 2, that's 7, right? Yeah. 7 years. Um, it's autumn of 1649. It's a tradition now by this point that the guys who are defending would use sacks of wool to block the walls from enemy cannons. Like, they'd just gotten really good at keeping this house together. <laughs> That's so um, funny. It's to the point where the sacks of wool are actually on the coat of arms, along <laughs> with a picture of the hall. That's so good. But, so, there is some situations with, like, ownership of the hall. So, Cromwell does take the hall question mark but alexander is still permitted to live there um he dies in the hall around 1650 but because he got like some he got some good terms from cromwell it's very vague but after that his surviving family is forced to leave the hall okay they um they only get to keep a third of the original estate in county wexford the Sparks note versions of this is that an English leader, Oliver Cromwell, conquers the island in 1650. The hall is taken from for English usage and taken over by the wealthy Loftus family. Okay. These are the English okay. bitches. Um, so they were planters who owned land in the neighborhood. It's these are so many nonsensical names, okay? <laughs> So, there were planters, they owned land, um, so first, Sir Dudley Loftist <laughs> was given land around Killacloggan in 1590. Okay. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. <laughs> then, Nicholas Loftist got a different mannered, a manor, uh, feathered on sea, is what the manor's called. <laughs> feathered on sea in 1634 okay um his family starts living there but it they do this like weird switcheroo so when the loftus family takes over redmond they put the redmond family in feathered castle and then take loftus hall okay it's very dramatic like a just yeah that's a lot yeah so they purchase the hall after like cromwell takes it over um, but they don't move in until 1666. <sighs> it's so much. There's so many. There's so many names. There's so many lords and ladies and esquires. So this dude, Henry. Henry moves in. Um, it becomes the primary residence for the family. They engrave the family name on the front. Um, and it says Henry Loftus of Loftus Hall, Esquire, 1680. Okay. But even then, a lot of people still called it Redmond. The Irish believe in redmond but henry starts to repair it from like all of the the violent battles of the confederate (laughs) war the cannons yeah there's a bunch of nonsense uh with owners um earls and esquires like it's a lot and i'm skipping it there's so much um (laughs) but but it's refurbished again in 1872 and then again in 1884 um, this is the present house. Okay. It's used, uh, he used the existing house and made it into what we know now. 
the Redmond family does try to dispute it in court, but they do not win. Oh. And then in 1684, they did get some of the land back, but they did they never got the hall back. Okay. Which is unfortunate. Give it back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was taken. But I just saw this dude's name. <laughs> oh no. It's literally a full line long. Oh no. The guy that did all of the final modeling and refurbishing is this is the start of his name. <laughs> the most honorable John Henry Wellington Graham Loftist, fourth marquis of Eli. Jesus. Fake. Nobody needs that much. It gets worse. His <laughs> mom, Lady Jane Hope Veer Loftist, lady in waiting to Queen Victoria. Why do you, why do we have to have so many names? Not even the titles, like the, the <laughs> like good and also, dude one. What the fuck is an esquire? <laughs> what is that? I have no clue. Anyway, I couldn't tell you anything about royalty. Henry and his mom, Henry and his mom Lady Jane rebuild the entire manor and they add a lot of like the most famous stuff. So, like, the grand staircase, the mosaic tiled floor, the uh, parquet flooring, which is hand-inlaid. It's crazy. Uh And then they also do, like, the flushing toilets, heating. Yeah. Um, But during these renovations, they find something spooky-ooky. A ghost. Close. Um, An infant's skeleton in the wall. Okay. Interesting. And we're going to skip past that and keep going. Uh, Remember that fact for later. Okay. We circle back at least. (laughs) We circle back. But I had to just like drop that in. Like that's when we found this. That's no. So in total, the manor is 22 bedrooms. That's pretty. And sits on 63 acres of land with a private beach. A lot of beach. 22 bedrooms that's that just the bedrooms yeah like how many how many bathrooms it did not count interesting probably my guess is 10 that would make uh, yeah seems like a safe what if it's just one (laughs) (laughs) the whole house is made of bedrooms actually yeah that's it there's not a there's not a living room not a kitchen there's that one flushing toilet they put in yeah henry and his mom so they took a bunch of inspiration from the Osborne house, which is the Queen's summer home. Um, okay. There's suspicion that like they started doing this extensive work because they thought they were getting a visit from the Queen, but oh. it never happened. <laughs> That's and also they never really get to enjoy the home because he dies really young. Oh, he leaves the estate to his cousin but it's not in the best shape financially because of mostly because of the renovations. Mm-hmm. Like they bled this place dry. Just fixing it up. So he decides to sell it. Like, oh. like he can't afford to keep this place up, let alone like the estates broke. Mm-hmm. It's bought by a bunch of nuns. Interesting. They turned it into a school for young girls. Okay. They have it for almost two decades. 
in that time, four nuns die. What? Actually, probably more died, but we only know of four. How? How did they die? Two fell down the stairs, two we don't know. They're (laughs) all buried behind the house. Okay. So, it goes through a bunch of private owners after this 20-year period. At one point, it's even a hotel. Whoa. I mean, they do have a lot of rooms. It it just never can stay under one owner long. Okay. Um, then nineteen eighty three it's purchased by this guy named Michael, um, reopened as the Loftus Hall Hotel, closed again not even ten years later. Okay. We skip twenty years of it just like bouncing back and forth between okay. owners. Um, it was also on the market for like a weirdly long period of time. Because no one wanted it. Um, in 2011, the house is purchased by the Quigley family. Okay. Uh, it's It was $800,000. Which, surprisingly, not a lot for 22 bedrooms. Yeah, that's such a big building. But they give it another full renovation. But there's literally nothing they can do to make it not scary. <laughs> So it's run as, like, a tourist attraction. There's guided tours and seasonal events. Um, there, Like, a, a movie was shot here called The Lodgers. It was put on the market again, though, in 2020. It's got a solid foundation, but it still needs a shit ton of renovations. Just replacing the windows alone costs about $400,000. Oh, my gosh. And that doesn't include the fact that it is just blatantly haunted yeah so is it still for sale we should buy it i actually did not check this was four months ago when i wrote this research um news for sale all um Oh, this says it's sold. Okay, so maybe it'll um, be something. I'm trying to see. After oh my god, what did I just click? Not a grow your business. <laughs> um, you don't want to grow your business has sold after a year on the market excuse me who bought it he says the house will move on to bigger and greater things it's in safe hands and the new custodian to take over from us i truly believe they will do a fantastic job it's a happy exit okay if he's yeah. happy, I'm happy. Let me actually also Loftus Hall Ghost Adventures. When was that episode shot? Because I believe the person they talked to is yeah, 2015. So they talk to um Aiden, I think is his name, Quigley. Quigley um fun last name so ghost adventures comes here there's a movie shot here but like nothing you can do can make it 
less scary. So the, the hall is in safe hands. Um, but it's a fucking mess. Okay, it's a fucking mess. And now I'm going to tell you about some ghost stories. Let's go. It's a lot. So, one of those crazy owner switches things at some point, I don't really know where this fits into the timeline. It's this guy named Charles Totenham. He's the lord of the manor. Okay. So, he he gets the loftest name because he marries into the family. So okay. he's marrying Honorable Anne Loftest, daughter of the first Viscount Loftest. Okay. Long time. They have six children together. Four boys, two girls. We don't care about the boys, don't even know their names. The girls, important. Okay. The girls, Elizabeth, and also Anne. Anne number two. Okay. okay. Mom's name is also Anne. Don't know why they did that. But, oh, his wife dies young, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> that was fucked up. <laughs> his wife dies girls are there two years later he marries a cousin cousin's name jane cliff so just to clear it up he moved in to this house married a loftist woman uh she dies he marries his cousin so now neither of them are technically of loftist blood it's the girls okay but one night 1775 okay, okay? Charles is resting with his wife. In some accounts, he's away. The ghost adventure story, a uh, version of this story is also might be wrong, might be right. I don't know where they got their sources from. They did also say that Anne was an only child, which is incorrect. So I can confirm that that was wrong. But they said that the Tottenhams were actually house-sitting, which I don't think is true because he was married to a loftist like he owned the house at a point anyway so elizabeth is married off the older daughter she's gone Mm -hmm. it's just mom dad and Anne in the house now Mm -hmm. but this mansion is kind of spooky kind of boring yeah and gets lonely okay not to mention this place is just scary as hell there's passages that go to nowhere uh, large dreary rooms, um, small closets, and quote unnecessary nooks and corners. Whatever the fuck that means. They just really put things, please. So old architecture is my favorite because they just like, how do we build buildings? They built it like they hated people. <laughs> like, anyway. So, her sister is married off. Her family is not very personal. Like, I mean, this guy married his cousin. Like, they're just kind of fucking around and finding out. Mm-hmm. And they don't even have neighbors, dude. Like, they're in the middle of nowhere. She's incredibly lonely. Yeah, makes sense. But one night, there's this crazy storm. And a ship shows up on the peninsula. Uh-oh. So they're sitting in the drawing room. Um, the storm was, like, really random. No one had expected it. And this n- servant comes into the, the drawing room and is like, there's a young gentleman here who came here on horseback. Mm-hmm. So this is where also stories get a little different. Um, one version is that he was the only person on the ship 
and when he docked he followed the only light he could find which was the hall to get him here in another version same deal there was no ship and he came on horseback but it was a storm and he followed the first light and then still a third version they dock he decides to get on a horse and scout and finds the hall regardless mysterious stranger comes knocking on the hall door at in the middle of a fucking rainstorm yeah the wind is howling cold rain pouring from thundering skies then came a mysterious rapping at the door why did i write that line like i was writing a poem but regardless they welcome him into their home they find out he'd lost his way he followed the only light that he could see they give him food they give him water and they find out that he's a cool dude and a gentleman nice this also notably was not weird um they had a private shoreline they're on a peninsula like boats pulling up as a safe haven for sailors is not new yeah makes sense so Anne befriends this dude because she's lonely and sad okay fair and they start canoodling uh oh they form a relationship it's so cute um but he does leave her so they canoodle for a little bit it's unclear about how long he did actually stay um in one version of the story he's he just leaves because he has like friends and a life and like he was just (laughs) lost one day and he had to dip he got to get back to the the real world but in another version he was invited to stay for a few days they start canoodling (laughs) and one night they're playing cards in the game room and so they're playing like one source said an early version of like what would become spades and another version is what would become bridge so it's like they're they're they have partners though so they're sitting across from their partner i don't know if you've ever played spades i i think i've seen it played i don't think i've ever played it's weird and really complicated yeah (laughs) or maybe i'm just stupid someone tell me how to play spades but you're sitting across from your partner and you're supposed to like communicate with them like subtly Mm -hmm. to try and win if i'm remembering correctly i haven't played in like four years but um regardless they were partners and they're like winning they're on top of shit and and this dude vibing not only are they in love they are the dominating card game players let's go so there a new hand is dealt out like that (laughs) a new hand is dealt out everybody gets three cards but Anne she drops one um so she notices it and she bends down to pick it up in some versions she drops her ring regardless she looks under the table and sees that her man's has cloven feet hooves oh he has hooves bro what the heck you know why it's because he's the devil i was about to say is he the devil (laughs) so she stands up and starts screaming there's a loud clap of thunder a cloud of smoke and then he shoots up through the roof and leaves a hole in the ceiling that is still there to this day what the heck yeah so it was the devil dropping in 
yeah yeah dead ass that's exactly what it is um here's a quote from one of the articles quote this story of his satanic majesty got abroad and many tales are told of how he continued to visit and disturb the house the noises the apparitions the disturbances were all innumerable and greatly distressed old charles tottenham his wife and his servants it is said that they finally determined to call on the services of their parish priest a father bruders who armed with all the exorcisms of the church succeeded in confining the operations of the evil spirit to one room okay okay remember that so there's one devil room this whole situation (laughs) Anne has a fucking breakdown uh yeah i'd imagine full-on breakdown so now here's where things get a little funky frisky fresh not the devil here (laughs) no because Anne's pregnant oh no with the antichrist yeah (laughs) Anne's pregnant with the devil's baby mm-hmm. and is also losing her godforsaken mind. So what does the family do? What, what do they do? What do they do? I mean, they're so ashamed of her. Do they, they throw her out? That's a logical thing. A do little th- too logical for these people. <laughs> they lock her in the devil room? Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. So the the evil spirit room is called the tapestry room okay very creepy mm-hmm. Ugh, hated it um but it's her favorite room and it was before the spirits were confined there so oh. it's unclear as to the timeline of like when Anne starts to have a f- breakdown and they lock her away and when the father trapped the spirit there mm-hmm. we don't know which one happened first okay so either Anne was locked in an evil spirit room, or they put the evil spirits in Anne's favor. Yeah, room. they were just sticking people in rooms, and it was always right. that room. But she's out of everyone's room. Mm-hmm. Out of every, so she's, she's out of everyone's view. She won't eat. She won't drink. She sits with her knees underneath her chin, looking out of the window across the sea, waiting for her mysterious stranger to return. Oh, no. And she dies in that room in 1775. Okay. When she died, they couldn't straighten out her body. She had to be buried in that position because her muscles had seized. Oh, no. And her spirit wanders the hall ever since. So do you remember that thing I mentioned earlier? Um, oh. about some About the baby they found on the wall? That was yeah, that that's baby? the Antichrist. <laughs> oh no! So, some people, like skeptics, say that the devil story was made up because of a scandal. So they say Anne was actually impregnated out of wedlock, and so the family made up this crazy story so it would go down as an old wives' tale. Oh, literally the devil himself had disturbed the family's peace okay but um regardless those baby bones are real yeah in the wall so there's there's like the whole if that's the case Anne was impregnated out of wedlock the baby dies they hide his bones in the wall 
maybe then she has her mental breakdown. Um, the more popular theory is and had a mental breakdown because she literally was carrying the Antichrist in her body. <laughs> uh, gave birth. It's unclear how like how long the baby lived, if Anne killed it, if it never lived, like if her parents killed it, we don't know the deal. All we know is that its bones were hid in the wall and eventually Anne dies in that room in the fetal position. Okay. Yeah. So Ghost Adventures was featured on a Halloween special called Celtic Demons in 2014. Okay. Uh, which fun but also fun piece of trivia this hall is actually the inspiration for foul manor as an artemis foul oh because the author worked in this hall as a child that's cool so thought that was fun anyway i watched the ghost adventures episode and this shit was insane (laughs) um so first thing i learned was that during the tours uh they are not allowed to go upstairs. Okay. And keep in mind, this is the 2014 owner. So mm-hmm. things might be different now. But they weren't allowed to go upstairs uh, because unexplained activity kept happening. Um, his quote was, once you go up, you're on a completely different level with this house. Jeez. Both figuratively and literally. Yeah. It seems so, like you'd want the ghost adventure people to check that out, though. Like, if anyone was going to go up they there. They do. Oh, Okay. But he was saying, like, when we do tours, uh, when people oh, come in, okay. no one's allowed upstairs. And he also made it noted that the Ghost Adventures crew was the first paranormal crew they'd allowed into the hall, point blank, period. Mm. So Zach is very excited. <laughs> but the owner fully believed that the literal devil was in this house. Oh. Um, quote, when people come in, if they bring evil, then they get evil back by the bucket load. Oh, jeez. So this whole situation is really interesting because Ghost Adventures is, they're doing a few things at the same time um, because it's like they're in Ireland. They're obviously going to cover a few different areas that are haunted in Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, One of these areas that they covered is, I'm trying to find the name of it. I'm so silly. Where did it go? should be here (laughs) okay found it sorry i had to google it because i could not remember what the so while they're in the weather in ireland they also cover the hellfire club okay i had never heard of it before some cult activity um but there was like some situations going on the guy from Stranger Things that everyone was obsessed with on TikTok, he has a Hellfire Club shirt. I've never seen Stranger Things. I have not seen the new season at all. I just know everybody was obsessed with him on TikTok. I believe it. And then I saw the shirt in Hot Topic. But it's like a, from what I understand, because I I did not watch that Ghost Adventures. Obviously, I didn't do my research on this. Um, it's the, I, and I just Googled it very quickly, so I know I'm not making this up. Um, it's an exclusive club for high society rakes in Britain and Ireland. Um, the purpose was to obtain and exert power through politics and economic influences. So it was a secret society Mm -hmm. and there was some 
allegations that they were also doing some crazy ritual activity. Okay. And the owner said, uh, because Zach is over here like, were there ever rituals done in Loftus Hall? (laughs) And the owner is like, low-key, probably not, but high-key, the owner was a member. Okay. So. Maybe. uh, But some real fucked up shit has been happening in this hall. One example, not, this didn't happen on Ghost Adventures, but Ghost Adventures showed the security footage, and I, it, it was not good. Oh, no. Um, so what I'm about to detail, I watched happen, okay? It was not fun, very scary. So, they have cameras all over the building for security reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And these cameras are specifically infrared, night vision, like the whole nine yards. And on one of these tours, they're in a big parlor looking room. There's a fireplace on one side, a doorway off in the far corner. The The camera can see the entire room. The lights go out. Uh. We don't, like, we know that the lights are off, um... It's kind of hard to see the switch on camera because it's night vision, so. But the lights go off, and you can see everybody in the room kind of, like, standing around, like, not moving much because they can't see. The owner said it literally was pitch black, which makes sense because there's no street lights. So it's not like anything is shining through the windows if all the lights in the house are off. It's dark. So on this tour, the lights go out. And there's this guy standing off to the left of the crowd. He's standing by himself, and he's got his head bent down a little bit. And he's just standing there with everybody else. And then he sprints forward, launches himself at a girl in the middle of the pitch black room, gets on top of her, and starts strangling her. What the heck? And to make matters worse, no one helped her because they could not see her. That's awful. The So everybody else, like, they hear, you can hear, you can see them jump because they obviously, like, hear her body hitting the ground. They probably hear her. I'm assuming she's screaming. There's no audio. Um, you can see people jump and start, like, looking around, but they do not know where she is. They mm-hmm. can't see her. No one moves to help her. No one is even looking at her because it's pitch black. The only person that sees her was the guy who just so happened to be watching the cameras. <gasps> so he runs from the security office and sprints, and it just so happens to be the owner, but he's sprinting from the security office, runs into the room, and in the middle of the dark is trying to separate them because he's literally on top of her. Oh my gosh. And the security footage is on the Ghost Adventures episode. It was the craziest thing I've ever watched because he literally goes from just standing there to a full-on attack. Jeez. And also um, attacking somebody no one could see. Yeah. How did he know she was there? <laughs> but and It's weird that nobody, like, even was, like, trying to stumble and help. Like, Yeah, no, it was... I mean, you were just any, in shock, I guess, but... It was insane to watch. So... I'm so curious. I'm gonna look it up. There's also uh, some other things that are going on in the Ghost Adventures episode, notably that a lot of the statues are missing a head, which <laughs> they compare to 
ding, 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 you guessed it, Bobby Mackey's. Oh, hey. Where in the Ghost Adventures episode of Bobby Mackey's, a Jesus statue's head falls off on camera. Yeah. And so they start, like, comparing it, because, like, Bobby Mackey's, obviously, you know, the portal to hell, this building where the devil came and allegedly the Antichrist was born. A very similar combo, and it's also a lot of religious imagery. It was a convent at a point, so it's like mm-hmm. it makes sense, but it's creepy how many of them are headless. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so yeah, to Zach, it's like a confirmation of evil because it's like if it was at Bobby's, and it's here, that's <laughs> not good. It's pretty scary. Um, another one is so the Hellfire Club was the place they investigated i don't like i said i don't i didn't watch the episode in the flashbacks to the episode it looked like they were investigated like almost a wooded area like the top of a hill kind of okay um but aaron had an experience there where four fingers and he, he said he felt only four grabbed his ear and like tugged on it ew and then in Loftus Hall, a woman had an experience where her four fingers brushed across her face. So they think they start to think it's kind of connected because they are near each other. And this man was a member. Mm-hmm. Um, they go into... Oh, by the way, this house has a chapel <laughs> from when it was yeah, a convent. The um, they go into the chapel. There's another headless statue. That's and not good this is where the staircase is that the nuns fell down and died oh so the so nuns they... put it in like was no this... the... well unclear of when the staircase was built the nuns put crosses all over it because they were like we keep dying here like <laughs> i'm saying no one died on the stairs before the nuns and then the nuns get here and like two people at least because we don't know how the other two died right. fall down the stairs and the other two, it was another mysterious circumstances situation. Ghost Adventures heavily tried to imply that they were pushed. Like, that it was an evil spirit combating them because they were religious. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Four nuns total died in this house, and they were buried in a cemetery in the back. Yeah, that's spooky. That's not, yeah. It's not the vibes. But this, it's just weird, because, like, you know, Zach is really dramatic. He gets into the house. He fr- he immediately starts talking to the spirits. He says, use our energy, and blah, 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 my name is Zach. They turn the lights on their camera off, so they're in pitch black, and immediately Zach starts screaming. What? Um, <laughs> he starts yelling, get him off the property, over and over what the heck? And also yelling, shut up. Like he's talking to himself. Um, I think he's dramatic, and I don't trust him, but everybody else was like, oh my god, Zach just had a moment. So <laughs> I thought I'd include it. So they decide to leave Zach alone with a camera set up to see what's going to happen, to see if the ghosts are going to possess him again, but now he's completely fine. Okay. Um, because he's dramatic. But they there is there does start to be banging noises, okay. orbs flying everywhere, and you can see it. Like you can hear it happening, um, banging noises specifically from the tapestry room. Ew. They catch a woman crying on the spirit box. Bad, gross in and the bad. Tapestry room. 
and then this blew my mind i don't usually fuck with orbs you know like Mm -hmm. they're there that's cool it's a note but do you remember i don't remember it was that hotel i think that you covered where the fan moved 90 degrees yeah like it went forward and then left and then the orb went into him at one point yeah he like gets all the shivers and stuff it reminded me of that because on the camera you see the orb and you think it's just gonna fly across the screen like normal Mm -hmm. except you watch the orb go up the stairs oh and it's a staircase like in a narrow area so there's like a landing right so it's the stairs up halfway to the landing stairs up to the next floor mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah and you watch the orb go doop doop that's so weird to the second floor it's creepy um like you watch it take you watch it turn and yeah. go up the stairs i've never seen that happen yeah a lot of times it's like that might be dust right exactly dust does not take a sharp left turn and go up a floor yeah (laughs) it's going upstairs perfectly that is weird but so zach sees it on the camera and is like oh my god it's leading me somewhere (laughs) the drama (laughs) so he follows it by himself talking to it the whole time okay And, and there's some creepy shit that starts to happen upstairs i'll give him that um, it actually gets to a point where he thinks someone is upstairs with him because he hears furniture moving in rooms that. nearby. No, it's so creepy. That's like Scooby-Doo would do that. They'd be like, Fred, are you in here? And then it's like the ghost, actually. Yeah. You know, like, it's the weird, like, they, they think it's each other, and then it's the ghost, and they bump into each other. and It's so creepy. And um, so he's down the hall um he's yelling and he has it it's a long narrow hallway with a doorway at the end that's open first of all terrible right the image of that is just so bad and there's no windows and the walls are falling apart it's not good so he's talking he's trying to he's talking to lady anne is the thing everybody's trying to get lady anne they think they hear a woman crying there's all this situation so they're like ah she's here okay and so (laughs) he uh he says her name and he asks her to make a noise and the door closes uh I turn around just and leave. I'm see out. it happening. And Zach is freaking the fuck out. He's cussing up a storm. You can tell he's shocked and he runs over and he's trying to figure out if anything could have moved it. And he actually takes the door and demonstrates that it's heavy. Like, you know, when you take a door and you slam it open real fast, how it'll bounce back? Mm hmm. This one doesn't. If you slam it open, it's so heavy that it doesn't bounce against the wall and bounce back at you, it just stays still. Mm-hmm. so he's like that that wasn't wind that's crazy there's no air vents there's no windows it just shut on command you couldn't pay me like <laughs> dude if a door yeah. if i'm alone up there if i had if i had buddies okay we can go tag team the ghost if anything comes like if we have to fight a ghost we have two um but like if i'm by myself i'm not gonna go towards a door that was just slammed at me and in an upper floor with no windows yeah and it's also like 
poorly lit and he'd been he'd had the camera pointed at that door for a long fucking time so it wasn't like there wasn't a cut or anything he was just pointing it there and talking and talking and talking and then he said make a noise boom (laughs) exactly ew um so he then goes back to the landing of the stairs he came up and he has the camera pointed at him like selfie mode Mm -hmm. with the door in the background which first of all why would you do that um and when he says Anne's name you can see a figure move in the doorway behind him and you can tell it's in the doorway because it like starts and stops you know what i mean yeah like it's not behind him it's clearly separated by that wall in that open door and it just moves fast like it's so creepy even lux was like oh my god that was a ghost (laughs) and i was like yeah that that's what this show is (laughs) the ghost guys but yeah no it's super creepy um i'm going fast now because i'm determined to get this at two hours (laughs) then they use this like camera with an amount on top that's like the infrared like grid system with all the dots do you know what I'm yeah about? yeah they're like okay light yeah exactly um and it's to it's he explains it it's like infrared and also like motion detecting and heat detecting the goal is to see a figure that's not actually there mm-hmm. so zach has the camera aaron and i think it's billy the other guy's not important they're <laughs> sitting at the table they have cards fun they're like we're gonna play cards they're gonna play spades and zach catches a figure on the camera what so this bothered me because zach is like oh my god it's on top of aaron and it's very clearly in the doorway behind aaron but zach is like it's on his head and it's like that's not how perspective works (laughs) he just thinks it's a little ghost on his head exactly he thinks it's a little ghost on his head it's very clearly further away and in the doorway and he's dumb um he just wants people to freak out because there's a ghost on them he really thinks it's on top of aaron (laughs) and aaron does start to have some bad experiences but aaron always has bad experiences when there's spirits nearby so it's not on his head dude (laughs) but you can see it and it's really creepy and it you can see the arms you can see the legs zach tells it to lift its arms up and it does zach tells it to spread its legs and it does like (laughs) um aaron though it it's it's bad to watch it starts to look like he's about to pass out oh like he starts to droop and he's like i don't feel good i don't feel good um the guy next to him like actually hears his stomach start to turn and he's like yeah i'm i'm about to throw up like this is not good meanwhile they have the thing on the table in front of him that's like measuring how fast the temperature is dropping and aaron is like borderline about to pass out that's so scary but then he like jerks really hard the figure disappears and everybody's like what just happened what just happened and aaron was like it touched me like it it ran its hand up his arm and then disappeared so aaron actually does go outside and violently throw up uh yeah and then they go into the shed like which is where their base situation is it's not actually in the building 
and he says that he felt like what was happening to him was that he was falling into a coma and that there was a voice in his head that was just telling him whatever you do don't fall asleep don't fall asleep don't fall asleep and to me that sounds like possession yeah like they like that was one of the things we talked about on a sam and colby episode rant Mm -hmm. it was like you feel sick like it, it like and when you are sick that's why you're not supposed to play in a ouija board sick because it there mm-hmm. it tries to weaken you or if you're already sick you're weaker yeah to that sort of stuff that's terrifying it really and it wasn't fun to watch like it was very clear that he did not feel good in a way that like to me at least didn't feel performative because it it was slow mm-hmm like you watched him start to like at first he just braces his elbows on the table like to support his own weight Mm -hmm. and then he just starts going lower and then he like the other guy's like bro like i can hear your stomach and he's like yeah i I, something's wrong i don't feel good Ew. and it was bad but yeah that's the ghost adventures episode how exciting and now i have this this last thing okay okay it's this book it's written by St. John D. Seymour, okay. who lived from April of 1880 to May of 1950. Okay. Okay. In one very old story, John's father is invited to a party at the hall hosted by the Tottenhams. Okay. By this family. When he gets there, all of the other rooms are occupied and Miss Tottenham kept apologizing because he had to sleep in the tapestry room. Uh-oh. He didn't know what that was. Yeah, he's like, it's whatever, it's a room. Yeah, he's not bothered. Um, but he'd barely gotten into bed when something really heavy jumped onto him and started to snarl like a dog. Ew. The curtains were pulled back. The sheets are ripped from the bed. At first, he thinks he's being tricked, so he grabs his pistol and starts to shoot around the room, um, like, to scare them. Yeah. And he lights a match. He starts to search the room, but there's no sign or mark of anyone, and the door is still locked. That's awful. So the next day, he wakes up. He tells his hosts about it. He goes to sleep? Yeah. How do people sleep in a room after something like that happens? Dude, I, I wouldn't know. sleep for a year. I'd be on the first carriage ride back to home. <laughs> okay, like, I'm out. I'd be swimming. Like <laughs> But the next day he tells his hosts about it and the only thing that they can say is that they wouldn't have put him there if they had another room to offer. How were all 22 bedrooms full? It was like a party. It was like a there's more in this book like this book is long Mm -hmm. it's about his father's experiences in the hall his experiences in the hall um i'm just pulling snippets because i did read parts of it but another one quote years passed on when the marquis of eli went to the hall to spend some time there his valet was put to sleep in the tapestry chamber in the middle of the night, the whole family was aroused by his dreadful roars and screams, and he was found lying in another room in mortal terror. <laughs> he was after out. some time, he told them that soon after he had lain himself down in bed, he was startled by a rattling of the curtains as they were torn back. And looking up, he saw a tall lady by the bedside, dressed in a stiff, 
broad clo- broad brocaded silk whereupon he rushed out of the room screaming in terror so Terrifying. a woman had ripped his curtains back okay then the guy who wrote the book that wrote all these stories actually visits himself he has his own stories mm-hmm. so he's brought there with his family for the summer by his dad and falls in love with the tapestry room okay immediately it's his favorite room in the house and he chooses it to be his room for the summer yeah bold i know that's a summer of also has no ideas about the stories has no idea what's going on that's so sad so one day he's staying up later than usual to finish some of his readings and the full moon is coming through two large windows so it's really bright he's just about to go to bed he glances up only to see the bedroom door open quickly and noiselessly and then shut again Uh -uh. then a tall figure of a lady in a stiff dress passes through the room to one of the closets in the opposite corner Mm -mm. the next night the same thing happens how do these people return to these rooms how do you see that and be like eh i'll give it another night right in his if i'm remembering correctly he thought his like eyes were playing tricks on him or something but now reflecting back he's like obviously my eyes couldn't have been playing tricks on me the window is wide open and there was moonlight but um the next night though the same thing happens he was prepping his gun for ammo because the next morning they were going seabird shooting which just a fun thing to say <laughs> they're just gonna but mess with the birds this time he immediately rushed at her and tries to grab her because he thinks it's a person um but it goes straight through her and he punches a bedpost oh like <laughs> rip the next day he tells the story at breakfast to his father the one who had stayed in the room way back when also yeah and had the experience with dad the just dog. let him stay in that room his dad had suffered through her visits for so long and never said a thing so it was viewed as some folly that his son couldn't do the same like just deal with it she just comes at night bro and so from then on from then on every night he went to bed he just stopped looking he said some nights he could hear her like come in and mm-hmm. make her walk but he just never looked at her again that's awful later years later he's a guest in the hall again and I'm going to read you a fun quote. Uh-huh. This, is, this is the quote we're ending on. It's a long one, but it's a good one. No. Quote. Years later, I was again a guest at the hall. The Marquis of Eli and his family, with a large retinue of servants, filled the house to overflowing. As I passed the housekeeper's room, I heard the valet say, What? I to sleep in the tapestry chamber? Never. I will leave my lord's service before I sleep there. At once, my former experience in that room flashed upon my mind. I had never thought of it during the interval, and it was still utterly ignorant of Anne Tottenham. So when the housekeeper was gone, I spoke to the valet and said, Tell me why why you will not sleep in the tapestry chamber. 
as I have a particular reason for asking. He said, Is it possible that you do not know that Miss Tottenham passes through the room every night, dressed in a silk flower, a stiff flowered silk dress, enters the closet in the corner? I replied that I had never heard a word of her until now, but that I had, a few years before, twice seen her figure exactly like what he had described, and passed my arm through her body. Yes, he said, that was Miss Tottenham, and, as is well known, she was confined, mad, in that room, and she died there, and they say, was buried in that closet. What the heck? Yeah. How is she buried in a closet? It's on the ground floor. So that just underneath it? Yeah. Bad and gross and also bad. Well, her body was in the fetal position. Yeah, that makes it a little bit easier. I get it. That sucks. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's wild. I didn't that expect crazy? that. And this book, I'll send it to you. It's real. It's wordy. Like obviously, some of the words in that fucking quote made barely any sense. I have the link to the PDF that I found online. Uh, yeah, um, I'm down to read it. Uh, Project Gutenberg ebook: The True Irish Ghost Stories by the dude that I said. Cool. Um, compiled by Saint John D. Seymour, author of Irish Witchcraft and Demonology whoa that's cool it's it's cool it's a very 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 cool thing i'm (laughs) gonna send you the link right now um when i was reading it i i now i'm remembering i command f to search the page and looked up loftest and those were the stories that i was pulling but i didn't even get to pull all of them yo but like it's a long thing that's wild and i'm at we're at an hour and 20 yeah with our intro that kind of makes sense it's pretty close we're on a good track we might end at two hours and 15 minutes maybe yeah i'll try to i'll try to not pause too much on mine (laughs) no i think we're doing good i think my problem was that my research was 10 pages but (laughs) next time i won't make it 10 pages it was because I wrote it four months ago, and past Mac didn't know future Mac's goals. That's fair. Anyway, do you have any thoughts? How do you feel? I feel so scared. Let me show you a picture of this building also. Hold oh, on, no. I'll send you one. It looks crazy. I want to see if I can find the overhead from, like, this is a picture of it on the peninsula. It's going to be all in your Discord. Yeah, yeah. That's it on the peninsula. It looks like a prison. Right? It fuck it looks straight up it's giving very Alcatraz. Yeah, yeah. Like I I was picturing like dark bricks. It's just like a white building. It looks like an asylum. That like, too. Yeah. Why is I'm it trying. why does it look like that? I need to find the overhead That's from Ghost so many Adventures. windows. And like the inside is like not great oh my gosh that's so unnecessarily creepy and it's just the only building for like miles like it's it's completely by itself yeah imagine like hiking one day and you just stumble upon a building that looks like that 
absolutely not. Looks that like is over. weird. Like the, the the old old castle part. Mhm. It it I like need- <sighs> it like has that courtyard, but it makes like a weird shape. Right. I can't find the overhead from Ghost Adventures. Do yourself a favor and watch the episode. It was two dollars on Amazon, but it was crazy to see, especially that security footage. Absolutely blew oh, my mind. I forgot mind. about that. The overhead footage, though, was, like, what really did it. Like, it, seeing this castle literally surrounded by nothing for That miles. hall is gross. And they're just walking around in that place. Yeah, and it's completely, like, the walls are falling apart. Yeah, no, <laughs> the ground is covered is in debris. It's, what's crazy to me is that this is just a grassy area in the middle of a beach. Like, you can see sand on either side. Like, yeah. But, yeah. That Wild. was loftest tall. I want to go. I do, too. I want to go on a trip to Ireland anyway. Yeah, I want to go see Irish everywhere. Airbnbs are cheap. Really? Yeah, they're not really that expensive from what I've seen on TikTok. That's cool. And especially if you go during, like, not tourist season. Yeah, that's, like, the best way to travel. Which, like, I kind of just want to fuck around and go to Ireland in, like, December or something. Like, not this summer when everyone's traveling. But, like, yeah, I'm trying to freeze. um, And I'm trying to do it right. Okay. Exactly. Don't get lost like those backpackers. Brutal. That's brutal. I'm gonna get lost in the Irish countryside. There's nothing. I, like, how did so many house. things go wrong for them, though? Like, did you no. do no research beforehand? N- there was a lot going on there. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. I want to look up more theories and like come back to it and be like, here's some more thoughts about what happened. You know, because there was a lot I didn't get to cover in that episode. Yeah, like I like I said, I almost made it two parts. No, I meant the the backpackers on TikTok, not not the the girls oh, you covered last time. I that's why I was like brutal because I thought you were talking about those girls, and I was like, damn. Yeah, who might have been Emily murdered? Just yeah, came out no. swinging. No, 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 not them. The did you? I think we talked about it in that episode though, where they got yeah. like mugged in Rome, and like that's just part of it. But yeah. it was like they missed so many trains, and it was like, how did you mess up every subway train? Yeah metro ride they kept getting tickets because they weren't like booking their shit correctly and it's like after the first ticket you would have think you would have figured it out yeah anyway anyway <laughs> are you ready for intermission i am i do have to pee okay uh and intermission da And we're back. Welcome back, podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, podcast, podcast. How was your intermission? Pretty good. I peed. And then watched TikTok. Did you find a good TikTok? No. I didn't find anything really great. Anyway, what's your category? True crime. Fuck. (laughs) It's not too long. Uh, I'm trying to think about how to give hints. Your true crimes are always scarier than mine. It's a lady. (laughs) from michigan 
Eileen Warnos. Yes. <laughs> How did you know she's from Michigan? Dead ass. Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah. That was the coolest thing I've done in a while. <laughs> I was going through. I didn't know she was from Michigan. Yeah, you. I just... guess the only female serial killer I knew. Yeah, I guess that's like a not the biggest category. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks. It's sexist. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's sexist. Um. But yeah, probably the most famous female serial killer. Yeah. If I had to, to like, put someone gonna, in a title. I'm going to make a compilation of all the times I've guessed yours right. Yeah, I've gotten none right. <laughs> You've got, you got, like, one and a half, I think, is the score. Yeah. I'm so bad at guessing these. I literally forget all of my working knowledge as soon as I'm <laughs> asked a question. Oh, it's fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. <laughs> You're f- freeze. I'm, yeah, I'm deer in a headlights. Or flight. But that's funny. Anyway, what, I cannot believe you're doing her. That's so scary. Yeah, um, yeah, and there's so much stuff. Like, uh, this could have been a lot longer than I did it, but I tried to keep it nice, succinct. Yeah, um, normal. <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of other content that I talk about that if you're interested in reading more on her, it's out there. This is the podcast version. Um, but yeah, Eileen Warnos. I don't know how to, s- I always say it. Yeah, no, that's right. Okay. From what I know. Yeah, that's how I've always said it. And then as soon as I start talking on the podcast, I'm like, I can't speak English. I don't know how to that's say how- any of these words. That's how they said it on American Horror Story. So I will be following those instructions until I die. Yeah. So, she was born on February 29th, 1956. Pisces in rochester michigan um and i'm just gonna like start and go through her life start from the beginning work our way up to what happens at the end which is serial killer um (laughs) spoiler (laughs) if you didn't know that i'm sorry um so sorry it's a true crime podcast um but yeah so this starts from her early life and Spoiler alert, content warning, it's pretty rough from the get-go, her life. She has oh, a very no. rough childhood, and it it stays that way. Um, That's never good. Her mother, Diane, was 14 when she married Leo, who was 16, and they have Eileen's older brother, Keith, a year later. So, like, 15, 17-year-olds okay. have the brother, and then a year after him, in 1956, Eileen is born. So, oh 16, They're 18 year children. olds. Children. Yeah. Um, but two months before Eileen is born, the parents actually get a divorce. They split. Um, okay. Eileen's dad is in jail by the time she is born, and she never meets him. He lived yeah. a pretty sad life. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and later convicted mm-hmm. of raping a seven year old girl. Uh, and oh then my God. committed suicide in 1969. So well, good riddance, scumbag. Yeah, don't rape little kids. Um, but yeah, was that what he was in prison for? Was that assault? Um, not at that time. He was in okay. jail for something else when she was born, from what I understand. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so he is. Com- she never meets him. He's completely out the picture. Uh, mom, suppose that's for the better. Mom wasn't living a great life either, and in 1960, she abandons the kids at her alcoholic <gasps> parents' house. Um, and Eileen is only four at this time. 
They are legally adopted by said grandparents shortly after, and the children actually don't know that this is their grandparents and not their real (gasps) parents until Eileen was, like, 11. Oh, my God. So it was, like, they find out at 11 and 12 years old, because their brother's, like, about a year older than that their parents up until this point aren't, and that they were abandoned by both parents. That must have been kind of out of the blue, like it's yeah, very earth shattering. Yeah, reality's news. not reality, and they're already living in not a great situation. Like okay. things aren't well from the get go, um, and all of this, of course, has profound impacts on the children. And very few of these impacts are good, if any. If like any good traits oh, no. come from that kind of upbringing um doubt it yeah by 11 years old eileen was trading sexual activities for things like drugs and food at school so oh my god like off to a very hard start uh jesus her and her brother keith were also involved in some sexual activities together and she like fully admits to this later on when she's in michigan yeah that kind of shit happens in the south <laughs> like no but um yeah so just super on every front nothing's great for for eileen from the get-go i guess incest is everywhere that's the name of this week's episode no it's not <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it should be i'm gonna be real <laughs> oh no yeah and uh, like I said, the grandparents were both alcoholics, and her grandfather was physically and sexually abusing her from the time she was really little. Uh, in 1970, Brutal. she is raped by a friend of her grandfather's and becomes pregnant at the age of 14. Oh my god. She has a baby boy. Shit, Emily? No, like, it's, it's, I'm, like, trying not Fuck. to dwell on it because it literally doesn't get better. No, yeah, yeah. Sorry. She had a baby boy? Yeah. And he's given up for adoption immediately. She has him at, like, a, a house for single mothers okay. and gets him into, like, a home through that. Um, okay. She drops out of school shortly after, and right around this time, her grandmother dies of liver failure. Oh. So, like, it's literally... Oh, from the alcohol? Yeah. It's just one punch after the other, like, yeah. for this whole time. Um. I lost where I was. <laughs> Liver failure. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, then at 15, so she she has, she is pregnant at 14, and by the time she is 15, her grandfather throws her out of the house, and this is, like, she's... The audacity? Yeah, I couldn't find, like, the exact reason, but it was just, like, all sorts of bad things. He's a bad guy. He, like, he doesn't really... He's just a bad person. That's why. Um, So, she's thrown out on the streets. She has to live in the woods for a period of time. She lives, like, around where the house is. Um, And she begins working as a prostitute during this time. Brutal. So. We skip a little bit of time, I think. We get into crimes now already shit <laughs> yeah it start. she starts very young with this i'm trying to see one two punch how old she was at this time let me 
calculate it. How am I supposed to make jokes? How am I supposed to be entertaining to the masses? I know, that's why I was like, mine's probably gonna be shorter, because it's pretty heavy. Uh, no, yeah, that's fair. What year was Fuck. this? Okay. I somehow got negative 5,000. <laughs> <laughs> what did I type on the calculator to get that? <laughs> she- <laughs> Okay, yeah, so she's 18 by this first, like, major crime. There was some other little stuff before this and some other, like, sad things that I I included the major ones. Yeah. There's more to the story there, and it's really upsetting that anyone has to go through that. Um, And it turns her on this path of, like, crime pretty, pretty young Mm. at 18, um, so, on May 27th, 1974, she is arrested for a DUI, disorderly conduct, and shooting a pistol at a moving vehicle. She is charged with failure to appear for these oh crimes. Oh, my God. Which means she just doesn't show up to the hearing. Show up, yeah. And, like, if you're caught doing this, you can be charged a fine or arrested, depending on, like, criminal background. Right. From what I could find, she doesn't get fined or anything from this. It's just mm-hmm. she gets she has failure to appear on her record now, so it could affect wow. her down the line. Um, in 1976, she hitchhikes to Florida. So this okay. is two years later. She's 20, and she meets a guy named Lewis Gratz Fell. He is 69 years old, and he is the president of a yacht club in Florida. Okay. Um, and she Fucking marries yacht him. Yacht club. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the last thing I expected was for you to tell me she married the yacht club owner. Like, she is not there long. I couldn't, I don't know the exact date of, like, when she got there versus when she marries him. Um, mm-hmm. but, like, it was very, very quick. Like, I think was in the newspaper because it was people were like astounded by this um so they're married for let her get her back <laughs> they're married yeah she was like looking for security is like what yeah. people's best explanation of it and like he's president of a yacht club he had money so right um, a comfortable life it does not last long who would have guessed she hits him with his own cane a few weeks later uh and he gets a restraining order so she moves back to michigan um brutal like right when she gets back to michigan uh like super short after this move she's arrested at a club called bernie's uh for assaulting for assaulting someone and disturbing the peace after she threw the cue ball at the bartender's head (laughs) um what did the bartender do did he deserve it get this man an attorney you know i never figured out what he did like if it was just like gave her the wrong drink or if like right. did he say something we don't I know mean, get off of the table no <laughs> <laughs> just being dramatic yeah we don't know but yeah she she threw a cue ball at it that that is such an awful thing to me to have a pool ball right. hit your head because they're thick yeah that's and a, like heavy solid heavy they're made of what are they made of i don't know my first instinct was to say glass but that feels wrong no way (laughs) literally not possible it's but they're so like shiny you know what i mean like they're polished for sure i will google it 
later. Are they? And I'll get back to you. Are they met? No, they're not. I have to know. Hey Siri. It. What is a pool ball made of? (laughs) Acrylic or plastic resins? There's no way that's what they always were made of. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're always made of. Ye olden days. Ye olden pool. Maybe it's different. My brain, ye olden pool. That's the name of this week's episode. We've been doing a lot of those. You remember ye old Instacart? Like, yeah, no, I that's. I think I said it last episode. That is my favorite bit. The jokes are getting dry. Um, it's okay. Anyway, no, it's funny. I think it's hilarious. I forgot what I was going to say. Because my oh my brain was like it's like probably ivory or something. Oh like yeah, pretentious for the old dudes. Yeah, probably. Anyway, continue. She threw a pool ball at a dude's head. Assault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is arrested for assault shortly after returning to Michigan. Oh, and also, why she was in Florida before she hits Fell with his cane, she mm-hmm. is in jail for a little while because she kept <gasps> assaulting people at a bar in Florida. Oh, my God. Um, Imagine that's what you're known for. Oh, that's Eileen. She hits people. At the bar, yeah. That's the name of this week's episode. <laughs> um she'll throw a cue ball at you if you're not careful um so then we jump in this is another sad thing that happens warning uh in july of 1976 her brother keith dies of esophageal cancer oh my god he's pretty young he's in his 20s she gets ten thousand dollars from his life insurance which she blows in two months um is it is it rude to ask if that comes from drugs? I, I think cancer? it can. I'm, I'm actually that, not sure of his life story, but... I was going to say, I don't know why I assumed he was a drug dealer or, like, a drug user, but, like, my brain was like, I guess, uh, yeah, serial killer incest, brother. Yeah. I, but yeah, it's like mouth That's cancer. This week's increased episode. use of drugs can cause, like, you know, mouth, esophageal, lung cancer, all in yeah. that vein. I don't think that's the only thing that can cause it, but it definitely can. Okay. So, yeah, she gets $10,000, and she blows through it. She pays off a drunk driving fine. She buys a new car. She's, like, buying things that she wants, but she blows it all in two months. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, this new car that she gets is wrecked weeks later. Like, it doesn't even make it a month. Oh, my God. Also, during this time, her marriage with Fel is annulled. So, Mm -hmm. they're good. (laughs) It was a quick little thing. Um, I can't... I'm still picturing her, like, hitting the Monopoly man. Yeah. (laughs) She's 69 years old. Right. Like, I'm picturing old dude with a monocle and a cane going, No, Eileen, no! (laughs) Yeah. Like, that was so random to me. Just this side character. Yeah. An old dude. What Um, a weird story arc. Um... In 1981, she is back in Florida and is arrested after robbing a convenience store with a gun. Shit. Uh, She took $35 and two packs of cigarettes. Sounds like Eileen. (laughs) Like, I was like, that's crazy to go in there with a gun and take such little stakes. Yeah. I don't know why. I'm not a criminal. Like, that doesn't doesn't compute to me. Like, why have the Annie (laughs) so high and then do... So, like, I'm not condoning crime, but, like, if you're robbing a place with a gun, 
and then you take $35 and two packs of cigarettes? Right. It just seems like it was a lot of go big and not a lot of go home. Yeah, I think it, like, she literally is also getting away with all this. I wanted to say that, like, literally the the system failed so much here. Mm -hmm. Because, like, at this point, she she needs 35 bucks she's gonna go wrap up a store yeah and like nothing happens if any she gets jail time for a few months you know like it's yeah um she does go to prison for this one also oh good (laughs) until june 30th 1983 so she is in there for uh over a year this time yeah, this is like the first long one though like up until this point she like could do that kind of thing and get away with it. she shot at cars and like got That's failure right. to appear in court without a fine that's like, so crazy um and they didn't go after her at all after that to me like that's so baffling yeah literally they just saw this kid a very underprivileged comes from you know like the worst of the worst background you can get and they just are leaving her on the streets like they just don't care um she gets out like i said in 1983 and is arrested Mm -hmm. a year later for passing forged checks in key west um she's also (laughs) during this time suspected of stealing a revolver in pasco county but nothing ever comes of that um (laughs) okay (laughs) When has anything ever... Eileen... Exactly that. Like, that was so frustrating to read all this. It was like... Yeah. Just catch her somewhere. We know what she becomes, like, later on. Like, we don't have to... Yeah. This is a serial killer in the making that we're talking about. And so many times, she could have gotten... Jail time. Jail time. Help. Like, obviously needed help. Um, Or, like, anything. Like, nobody... would even look her way when she was doing crimes like literally was just nothing to anybody and that turned out to what it does which we'll get to and that's society makes makes society we live in a society um let me see where it was oh yeah in 1986 she is charged in miami for car theft resisting arrest obstruction of justice Fuck. They find a revolver and ammo in the car. Uh, the car that she had taken. No. <laughs> She's, she gets in trouble for that. But the revolver is never, like, officially linked. But they do believe that that's the revolver she took in mm-hmm. the, uh, Pasco County. Yeah. But that's another thing that literally just gets kind of, like, swept under the rug. There's no official charges for it or anything. Bro. Imagine literally having a weapon and there that's what gets swapped. Like come on yeah this is a violent woman like look up her id number once and see that there's exactly there's like so many things that she gets under her name before like anything happens yeah and nobody connects the dots until it's way too late one warrant yeah that's all i need a few months after the car theft she is arrested after threatening to shoot a man for 200 dollars in his own car she had ammo on her when she was detained and a gun was found ditched she had stuck the gun under the passenger seat of the guy's okay. car mm-hmm. which like that's gotta be the worst place to ditch right a weapon you're the holding someone up they <laughs> she just like held him it's at like, gunpoint and he said no and so she sticks the gun under the seat and runs that's like putting it in your pocket like, <laughs> like that's one of the frustrating things too she's not good at crime 
No, like she's it's not. Police, it's always police failure. Yeah, it's just incompetence of if literally at, there's so much, she's like arrested in Michigan and in Florida multiple yeah. times, and like nobody does anything at any point. These stories just get more frustrating over time. Like when you covered way back when when you covered the chessboard killer i still think about that to this day like he really just had to tell the cops how to find him and like after hearing that story specifically i'm so like hyper aware now of like ah there it is there's There's the the moment the police could have done something i mean that one is so frustrating for like the two witnesses that go to the police and one they pay off so they don't like they're like we'll either send you back like because she doesn't have the papers to be in the country they're right. like, we'll either deport you or you don't say anything. Or right. there's that little kid who goes to the police twice and they're like, you smell like alcohol. Like, you need to go home before we arrest you. And it's like, bro, do your job. Literally, if anyone would have done anything, like, this is one of the People ones where, like, be dead. yeah, it's literally saves lives. And that's, like, your whole purpose. Like, <laughs> if you can't even do that, like, why? <laughs> why? Right. Why deal with that? We got to fix. It's so frustrating. okay anyway (laughs) then in 1986 which is the same year she was charged for car theft so like already out of prison for that if any jail time um she meets tyra moore okay eileen is 30 at this time and tyra is 24 they meet at they meet in daytona beach at a gay bar called zodiac and they like get along really well they they okay start a little relationship and they move in together shortly after damn tyra is a hotel maid and eileen is still working as a prostitute um and they like like really hit it off together like it's a very solid relationship and things go all right for three years like really there wasn't much going on there were small incidents happening every now and then but nothing like you know eileen wasn't in prison yeah anymore i mean she wasn't really in prison before but like but wasn't like stealing cars and like yeah nothing hostage super duper crazy uh not like nothing compared to so far in the yeah legacy of crime we've gone through but yeah they're like it's a solid relationship and mm-hmm. eileen has talked about it since and like it was very important to her very much loved tyra um Aww. And she's an important character that we'll come back to. But don't want that. After these Maybe three just years. Not. Maybe just end it while she's happy. I really wish I could. You um, know, quit while you're ahead. She got in a stable relationship. Maybe she got therapy. Yeah. If only. Uh, but yeah, things are, are quiet until 1989. Okay, what happens in 1989? Over the next year. Starting in 1989, seven men are murdered at the hands of Eileen. Wow. Let's go back to the part where she was happy. I know. I wanted it to, like, I wanted that part to have more sustenance. I, I wish that they could just get the mental help. Exactly. I go into some they of start the mental killing people. health stuff in the trial part. But, wow. Mm-hmm. It was, like, literally... If anyone sat down and looked at what was happening before this, could have gotten yeah. help. Like, obviously, she's not without blame. Like, no, I don't want to make it sound exactly. like it's sympath- sympathy for her, but, like, 
the system could have done something to prevent this. Yeah. I guess is how I feel. And There's really a really upsetting. good quote I found. I'll read it in a little while and I'll point out, like, this is the quote I was saying. But they say it really well. Okay. They say that, like, she's not without blame. She's definitely... Yeah. She's a serial killer. She, she's a bad person. She did terrible but things. the system is what caused that, you know? Yeah. It, it, it boggles my mind when these things can be prevented. And usually it's, like, police incompetence. But, like, when it's a system failure, like... Everything it, just mm. went the wrong way. If she had gotten help one step along the way, maybe those people would still be alive. I'm just going to go through the seven guys, yeah. tell their, like, stories a little bit, and, like, pinpoint parts we'll come back to. But I want to go through okay. the victims all in one Gotcha. sit down. So first is Richard Mallory. He was okay. 51, and he owned uh, an electronics store. He okay. had driven Eileen to a remote area to receive sexual services. She was a prostitute. That's pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't know. <laughs> that's fair. He takes this way, way, way too far uh, and rapes, sodomizes, and beats her, according to Eileen. And she kills him out of self-defense. Damn. Later, it was found out that he had attempted rape before in Maryland. We come back to this tidbit of information a little bit later though because it comes Mm -hmm. up in the trial Uh, okay they find his car first and two days later no 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 they find his car first two days later and his body is found over a week after that in the woods with several bullet wounds two of which pierced his left lung and those are the shots that killed him okay um so yeah i like stumbled over that but they he's killed Two days later, they find the car, and then yeah. over a week after that, they find his body. Our next victim is David Spears. He was 47 years old. He worked as a construction worker, and he went missing on May 19, 1990. Okay. His body was found less than two weeks later on Route 19 in Florida. He had six bullet wounds in his okay. torso. Still a lot. Hmm? A lot of bullets. Yeah, lots of shots like aggravated you can yeah 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 um next is oh he has a i might butcher the last name on this one next is charles karkskadon who was a 40 year old uh rodeo worker that doesn't why did i forget that what that he worked at the rodeo yeah i feel like i would like had made a mental note of that but (laughs) i might like double check that (laughs) but Anyway, his body was found on June 6th, and it was wrapped in an electric blanket, and it was, like, severely decomposed, so it's, like, heat makes that process quicker. Yeah. I don't know if that was done on purpose. Like, it wasn't very clear on what I found, but he was, like, markedly decomposed. Further along. Yeah when found um there was a witness report that said eileen was driving his car (gasps) and had sold a gun to a pawn shop owner that is believed to be kark skadon's gun again we'll come back to the furthering the trial stuff after the the victims okay so wait so shot him stole his car sold his gun his gun yeah that's like a pattern that that especially in these last few comes up the car is moved okay so like 
the murder happened somewhere, the body's dumped somewhere else, and the car is brought somewhere else entirely. Sometimes gotcha. different counties. Like, it'll be in completely different areas. So, like, it gotcha. happened here, body's way up here, car's way down here. Weird. And this is one of the first times, like, a witness saw Eileen in the car, like, was the one to move the car. Yeah. Um, confirmed Eileen. Yeah. As, like, as far as witness confirmation can go. Yeah. Next victim is Peter Sims. Sims. Might have butchered that last name, too. I think it's Sims. Uh, He was killed in June of 1990. Uh, He was a retired merchant seaman. They never find Peter's body. But his car is found on July 4th. Okay. And things get interesting here because this night... Jesus Christ. (laughs) This time, (laughs) witnesses see Eileen and Tyra with the car (gasps) as they abandon it. We're going to circle back to this point pretty quick, but a couple more a couple what? more guys to go I over. I didn't know that it was a murder crime duo girlfriend. That's the name of this week's episode, <laughs> Murder Crime Duo Girlfriend. <laughs> all the, oh my all God. the titles. No, tell me more. Uh, I'm going to go over the victims. Oh, well, yes. We still have more. First. Um, but what were you saying? No, tell me more. Oh, okay. Tell me more. You said the butt, and I was like, waiting. Oh. Um, <laughs> it was probably, like, jumpy. Next victim is Troy Barres. He's killed at the age okay. of 50. He was a sausage salesman, and he was reported missing on July 31st. His body okay. was found in the woods four, day, four days later with two bullet wounds. Okay. That's pretty, like, also the pattern. It's usually, like, wooded areas not too far off of roads. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's not, like, deep in the woods or anything. And that's why they're right. found pretty quick, like, four days later is when he is found after being reported missing. So, like, right. it was usually just kind of, like, dumped on the road. Yeah. Um, and then the car is gone. Yes. Because the car is always gone. Yeah. Okay. Charles Humphrey was a 46-year-old retired Air Force major who was found dead on September 12th with seven bullet wounds. Um, wow. I don't remember the... So much... Exactly, uh, but there was some in his torso and some in his head. Um, okay. His car was later found in a different county. Same pattern. Okay. M.O. And then our last guy, Walter Antonio, uh, he was 62-year-old. He was a trucker, and his body was found on a remote road it was like for logging it wasn't a major mm-hmm. road um and he was missing most of his clothes he had four bullet wounds uh i believe okay. in his torso and his car was found within a week in a different county same pattern okay same pattern yeah but missing clothes that yeah new. that could be from that's the only one where it was like he was, like, almost entirely naked, but a lot of these guys, at least from Eileen's telling, is, like, they were looking for sexual services. Right. So, if he had undressed for that kind of thing, could have been The it. services. That's, like, all yeah. that we know about that. That's, like, the best idea of why that what might happened. be. Yeah. Unless yeah. it also comes up that she was selling a lot of these things. So mm-hmm. he might have been wearing something nice that she decided to that pawn she off. wanted. Yeah. So, do you see my lights flickering? I do see that. Uh, hope you're not haunted. 
I texted Lux and was like, are the lights flickering downstairs? Like, is it a power thing? And Lux was like, no, are you good? Because <laughs> I just made them watch the scary ghost adventures episode. That's so good. I'll let you know okay, if a ghost so, pops up in the back. Please don't. I would rather just not know. Okay. But you must use that story to get incredibly mind-numbingly famous. Write a novel. Yeah, like screen like, cap. <laughs> Yeah, write about our early lives. Write about the podcast. Home, you can hear someone podcast. get possessed by a ghost on episode 58 of the podcast. Which adds up to 13. That's terrifying. Anyway. We just have to sit here. Do you get possessed now? So, we're going to go back to July 4th, like I said. When Peter right. Sims was killed and both Eileen and Tyra are seen with the car. Yes. So. Let me make sure I didn't leave anything out there. So, yeah. July 4th. Already a hectic day. But (laughs) (laughs) the two women are seen. They're abandoning the car after they're in an accident in the car. So, like, (gasps) something happens and they, like, they get out and run pretty much. Yeah. Um, Rhonda Bailey is the woman who witnessed this and gave descriptions to the police. So, this is, like, the first time... We, like, really connect Eileen to this kind of pattern. They also match her prints to prints on a pawn shop receipt. um, Mm -hmm. And it was to sell items that they could connect to multiple of the victims. Like, it it wasn't just Peter Sims at this point. They, like, were just pawning off stuff as they got it or, like, slowly as they needed to. Um... They also find a palm print of Eileen in the car after they okay. get it out the accident. So her prints are already in the system because she's been in a billion crimes um, yeah. at this point. So, Like not showing up for court. That was the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Failure to appear. It'll get you. Yeah, failure to appear. <laughs> no, we're actually in Florida at this point, so it's like assault at the bar. <laughs> I forgot about Florida. <laughs> um, I forgot. Okay. Yeah, they meet in Daytona. So we're. She at some point moves back to Florida. There was like a weird. Yeah. She yeah. hopped back and forth a few times. I wonder if it was like a family sitch. And these these murders all happen in Florida. So from this point on, yeah. we're like staying in Florida. Yeah. Um. Unless I say, someone leaves. We'll get to it. Um. <laughs> Ew. She is not caught here. Obviously, we went over the the last three guys, and those men are killed after July fourth. So, okay. like a lot of time passes between them being seen with the car and like prints and stuff being taken. Um, the last one of those three takes place in November. So, like we go from July fourth to the one that last murder of let me get his name right, Charles Humphrey. He uh-huh. no. Walter Antonio is the last one. Antonio okay. is killed in November. So we go like half a year, That's a, yeah, um, damn, without them finding her. She is finally caught though on January 9th of the okay. next year. Um, How'd she get caught? She was at the last resort biker bar okay. <laughs> in Florida. Um, what is she doing there? She's like asleep in the car when they find her. She's like sleeping out in the parking lot in a, oh. um, old truck she um had 
<laughs> been in the bar and been in the bar before and things had gotten a little rough she was like sleeping off being drunk in the car gotcha um she's no stranger to duis but like maybe was just trying to sleep that off before she drove yeah. away um but yeah they get her out the car they arrest her and they find a bunch of stuff that she was gonna pawn off that belonged to mm. some of the victims um tyra is found the next day in scranton pennsylvania the office the office the land of michael scott so yeah she was out of that's there. the name of this she week's had- episode how many days later? She was found a day later. Okay. There's Tyra no might time. have had information on, like, where she went, or they might have been, like, on both tails and, mm-hmm. like, happened upon... They didn't want to catch one way before the other or something like that. I got no clear answer, but, yeah. I thought that was quick, too. But... That's fast. I My, my thought is, like, Tyra probably said... Not Tyra. Eileen probably said like when they asked about tyra mm-hmm. could have said something and like they probably didn't drive up there you know they called the no, pennsylvania yeah. people <laughs> um so at this point the, people. the the police want to make sure they have the best case against eileen okay they like she's murdered seven people they want to make sure right. she goes behind bars no struggle in that matter so they go to tyra and they try to barter for like help in a confession okay and tyra agrees she's that she will try to get eileen to confess in exchange for immunity from prosecution see that is bullshit why can you barter right to not be tried because because why why did like why is one the lesser of two evils like why is it okay to sacrifice like if they were really murder partners why would you sacrifice one murder partner to get another now eileen swears that tyra wasn't involved the um defense eileen's defense does come back and they're like oh we think the police are covering up stuff that like my tie tyra into this like we can't pin this all on eileen but it is never the the court never hears it the court won't let it through so Mm. we will never know tyra's side of the story because eileen swears up and down tyra had nothing to do with it but she could eileen also confesses a lot during the trial that she truly does love tyra like it was not this wasn't like the first guy she married like it was Mm -hmm. um real yeah a real relationship um so damn we won't know there was never any like dna of tyra found with the bodies the only thing we have is one time she was in the car i don't know that's more than enough to me yeah it's like you probably know something's going on if your partner is coming back with different cars pawning off all these clothes like you have a you have to have at least some suspicion. you get an accident was killing them in the car yeah you, you get in an accident and eileen's like okay we have to run now we have to ditch yeah. the car and run like something's wrong right um anyway so anyway they bring tyra back to a motel in florida and like set up this surveillance system they're like watching the calls tyra gets mm-hmm. on and she's calling eileen a bunch 
Um, in these calls, she is pretending to beg for help in clearing her name. She's making it sound mm-hmm. like they caught her and are pinning this all on her. So she's gotcha. like, I'm like, they're telling me I killed these seven guys. I didn't do it. Like, did you do it? Like, mm-hmm. is pretty, like, just coaxing her into confessing that she did it. Right. Because Tyra doesn't want to go to jail for it. But she's not going to because she's clear. Immunity. Yeah, she has immunity yeah. from the police. Um, it takes three days, but on January 16th, she confesses to the murders to Tyra on the phone. Um she says on this phone call that the men had tried to rape her and she killed them all out of self-defense this story kind of changes as we go forward so Mm -hmm. but this is where it starts i don't like that police are allowed to do that either yeah trick a confession yeah don't like that understand it was to catch a murderer like get that but i don't know our system is really flawed in a lot of ways like murderers can literally just like trade their lives and be like ah yes if i tell you everything about this partner i will never go to jail yeah and like what if you were part what if they found more stuff on tyra what if they like keep investigating and they're like "Uh uh-oh we promised immunity can they go back on their word can you just promise immunity to someone to get someone to talk i feel like that's happened before on a case on this show and then they just try him anyway they get immunity they find more evidence and then they just try them anyway and it's like okay well i told you everything to get protection and then you don't i want to know a case where that happens because that's not this case tyra gets immunity the whole way through spoiler alert damn i forgot i wrote this 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 next part is such a crazy like side plot (laughs) that starts so okay another interesting thing happens between this point and the trial so between the confessions and the trials okay. a 44 year old woman woman not women woman <laughs> women named arlene prale sees eileen's it's it's really similar names it's arlene sees a picture of eileen in the newspaper and decides that like she feels bad for this person like lives a terrible mm-hmm. life like see she just like needs comfort needs a friend so in 1991 she decides to adopt eileen what it's pretty crazy <laughs> what's her name arlene arlene okay arlene feels bad for eileen and adopts her yeah is but eileen's in jail at this point no she's in our like she's like custody yeah detained waiting trial yeah the, like the papers okay. are coming out waiting for trial kind of uh kind of vibes i have to answer something that's, really quick you're good that's disgusting okay so yeah it's super weird but like never turns into like anything crazy they right um arlene visits um eileen weekly and wherever she's held and they call every day and like arlene's husband is super weirded out by this he's like that's kind of crazy that you want to adopt a serial killer (laughs) um and 
he like says that they run up the phone bill super high like four thousand dollars higher than normal oh because they're God. literally constantly on the phone but like from like arlene just keeps saying like i just want to be the warmth in her life that she never got and like from all accounts they were good friends eileen appreciated it appreciated mm-hmm. it um but it's just like super weird like that's weird vibes no that's like that's she would share like poetry that eileen writes in in prison you know those girls who like thirst after serial killers it's that and, kind like, of write vibe. them letters in jail like i it's that it feels very that yeah it feels a lot like that she was like she had her own struggles growing up and then become like like became heavily religious and then mm. like she says when she saw the the picture of eileen like she just knew like god told her that she needed to be the warmth in this life that like religion became for her it wasn't like she was trying to make eileen religious or anything from what i understood but it was very much like kind of creepy kind of crazy i don't know i get like wanting to help them be better but like they they at that point she'd already killed someone like you're a little late yeah and like you can be pen pals with someone in prison to like be warmth in their life send them letters talk to them but like you legally adopt an adult that that's when it gets a little like why do you want it's like it's like these guys who try like like trying to marry someone like it's it's you want the paper yeah like that's yeah it's 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 weird um it's kind of yucky so yeah what a weird side plot yeah (laughs) it's just there it happens (laughs) i can send you an article about it that i read because the quotes just get weirder and weirder yes please i'm so uncomfortable i will definitely that like as i put it in the discord too because i was like what the heck is happening because that's like i was on wikipedia at first just like skimming it and that's like one sentence on wikipedia and it's like she is legally adopted by Arlene on this date. And I was like, who's Arlene? Why would you? It gave me nothing. I need more details. So I clicked on the on Wikipedia's um, references, their, their mm. like citations, and went through those articles. <laughs> it was it was something. So yeah, I if want you want the article, to know how that phone call went. Yeah, how do like, you like? Hi, Eileen. Get I saw okay. you on the news. Sorry, you killed someone. Can I legally adopt you? Yep. Sure, stranger that I've never met. The fuck? Super weird. Super weird. Yeah, it definitely gives the same vibes of all the people who are, like, trying to be serial killers' girlfriends while they're in prison. Yeah. You, like, you just want to be tied off of that, like, attention. Yeah. The, the, like, you want to be in the documentaries for the rest of your life. Yeah. Even if it's infamous, you want attention. Gross. I don't know. Bad. Bad vibes. But anyway... We get to the trial of the first victim, Richard Mallory, on January 14th, 1992. Mm -hmm. There's some rules in Florida that lets prosecutors bring up past offenses. Okay. So, which... Of course, it exists in Florida. Yeah, it's called Williams Rule, I believe. Uh, Okay. And Eileen has a fair share of past offenses. Yeah. Um... Tyra also testifies at this point. 
And with all this put together, she is convicted of killing Richard Mallory on the 27th. Damn. Um, Tyra testified. Yeah, so... Brutal dog. After this first sentence, um, there's like a board of psychiatrists that are said to evaluate and testify on her mental state. Um, And these psychiatrists at this point diagnose her with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Okay. So, they also say that her upbringing has... Like, that trauma very likely had effects in causing these. They might not be the Mm -hmm. whole story. Like, she could have been born with these, but it definitely is, like, what concretes that mental unstable level in her brain. So, I was like, trauma definitely played a role in this, but she does have these disorders Yeah, that may have been there always. Um or triggered by trauma we don't know yeah so it's like one of those things like would this have always happened or was her upbringing the major proponent to how her life turned out who can say four days after this um like psychiatrist board happens Mm -hmm. she is sentenced to death brutal the stuff i mentioned earlier about our first guy richard um it came up that he was accused of rape in another state, Maryland. And this happens after um, she's already, like, convicted of the crime. Like, yeah. Yeah, that already has Given the death, the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was also receiving treatment for, like, eight years of, like, mental health treatment for these issues, like, anger like issues, this. sexual Ooh. issues. So this, it is, there's a fair shot that you know he did do what she said you know there was like rape and abuse that happened and that she did this first one out of self-defense and then realized she could kill them and that kind of set something off in her brain like Mm -hmm. i can get away with this like this is an option for me um men have been hurting her for so long yeah and she lived a whole life of countless times men were so awful to her like grandfather yeah. grandfather's friend you know starting Exposed from that young of an age too young. Yeah. yeah all bad all bad um terrible but yeah they bring it up but the judge does not allow for a retrial that's damn like she, i get it like good for her that she's in jail but damn that sucks to that find that, that out like, after was like, her life yeah that's heartbreaking it sucks yeah like anyway she then the the next two murders um no no no, the next three charles troy and david she pleads no contest to so like not saying anything Mm, not saying not guilty not saying guilty just saying like whatever you decide like whatever you figure out Whoever uses no contest. Yeah. Eileen, <laughs> that's kind of dumb. You might deserve prison. <laughs> she does. She does. She's a serial killer. Yeah. But damn. Yeah. It sucks that she got to that point. She could have been oh, caught no, yeah. before she was a serial killer. That's like, it's right. so hard for me to talk about this one because it's like, she didn't have to get to this point. No. And she does. If, the, if 
like the starting off in such a traumatic experience like if the system had stepped in at least once or like even when she started acting out younger like there's so many things that could have been prevented yeah the fbi agent after the trial so after all the stuff we're about to talk about but um i'm just gonna put this in here um the guy who coins the term serial killer he actually robert resler yeah, yeah yeah he um he love that man mentions her as like an outlier because women previous women serial killers and like all the ones we know about unless it is mm-hmm. like a crime for money or a crime for passion they happen very quickly after one another and her yeah. murders happen over like the span of a year they're like months yeah. apart in some instances and i don't know it's just like it's she murders like a man yeah and it's like i don't know i found that interesting like it was the men doing stuff to her that caused them to murder her at least from her first story you know so it was like she's she's killing on the men's clock you know like it's she's she's not doing this as like a um normally a female serial killer would so it like it plays into the part of like how much of this was just her going crazy and how much of her it's so hard because she starts I mean, changing she her story Ill. and yeah it yeah. like goes into like was were these all self-defense were they not it, yeah it, she's probably fucking triggered yeah yeah no that's so like it's interesting that he says she's not lighter because she almost feels that way like she feels different yeah it, it like there it you can tell something's like up a man. here um but yeah so she pleads no contest to the trial of the next three men and during this trial she says quote i wanted to confess to you that richard mallory did violently rape me as i've told you but these others did not they only began to start to end quote so they only began to start to so she didn't let them get that far yeah is that what she's saying she's saying like like, she stopped it before it become rape yeah so it was like you start to feel threatened you kill them yeah you get bad vibes you kill them so like that's why these are harder to argue self-defense because she never it was preemptive self-defense yeah it was a strike before that could happen right so but she does say in this one richard did do it and like was killed after in self-defense but she was saying like Mm -hmm. after that point after she killed in self-defense and knew that was a thing she could do she wouldn't even let it get to to the bad stuff so that's her her updated story at this point you don't just get to kill people she is given three more death sentences for these men then in june she pleads guilty to charles's murder and receives okay. another death sentence. So we're at five now. Yep. Yeah. Then in February of 1993, she pleads guilty to Walter and gets her sixth death sentence. And she has Jeez. never tried for Peter Sims' death because his body was never found. Gotcha. Okay. So, so there are seven murders. Actually, in some sources, it says there was like other speculated murders that are never like completely tied to her but we do know these seven men and she gets six death sentences from them right 
Which one didn't get her a death sentence again? Peter Sims, which is the one they found the car from, actually. Peter okay. Because they never The one they found his body. Yeah. Okay. I was just trying to remember his name. So, yeah. Over all this, we talked about it in the middle, but I have it again here that she's super inconsistent with the stories about these killings. Uh, She says initially that all seven men had raped her, uh, but later says, like, only the first one was true self-defense. The others were, like, before that happened. Like, I knew it would go that far kind of thing. Um, And even at one point, she says it's due to robbery and doesn't want to, like, leave them as a witness. So she kills them. So saying she was just there to take their stuff and pawn it off. It, dude, it that just sounds like the ramblings of a woman going crazy. Yeah, like, and there's also, she, like, even after that story says she tells that story because she doesn't want to be on death row anymore. Yeah. So, like, it's trying to either get moved or put a to death faster or, like, anything. Um, yeah, during an interview with Nick Broomfield, who winds up making two documentaries about her, about her, the cameras are off and he they're talking just like to get information and she says this the real story is self-defense and sometimes like preemptive strikes against self-defense but she did not want to be on death row anymore and like either even if saying that it was just robbery that she killed these men in cold blood got her put Mm -hmm. to death faster like that's that was okay she just didn't want to be at that prison anymore and she had been there for 10 years at the point of this interview Jesus. They also, oh my God. after the trial and everything, they do the psychopathy checklist where you have okay. to score a 30 or above to be considered a psychopath, and Eileen scores a 32. So, like, Jeez. with that, she is considered psychopath. Um, mm. It's like a... I don't know if you know what it is, but it's like... I, not, I'm not familiar. It's like a... Um, there's 20 items, like a question or like rate your feelings about this. It's a 20-item mm-hmm. kind of questionnaire about that gives insight onto behaviors that are linked with being a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes in... You get so many points for a question. You either rate it as a zero or you rate it as a two with a maximum score of 40. So the highest you can, it's 20 items and the highest you can get on each question is a two. So the max score is 40. And so she got a 32. Damn. By adding up those, those points. Um, Wow. Like I said, she did not like being on death row. In 2002, she accused the prison of putting all sorts of things like dirt and urine in food. This Mm. was never, like, confirmed. Like, she could have, you know, she was, at this point, having a lot of mental issues. Yeah. But very uncomfortable with the prison she Mm -hmm. was being held in. Um, She also had, she's not very popular in the prison and had heard all sorts of things being said about her there was like people trying to you know rile her up to the point where she would either like lash out at someone or attempt suicide um damn she heard someone like saying she should have been raped like super terrible things by these other people in the prison um she also complained of 
crazy often searches, the handcuffs always being put too tight, door kicking, always checking their rooms, checking their windows, the prison had low water pressure, there was mildew on her mattress. Um, I mean, with all due respect, sounds like prison. Yeah. It's like you're not going to get the luxury treatment. But also, it's like... seven people. Yeah. And also, we don't know how much of that was just like her overthinking it or something like yeah. that like it this is all her her point of view on the things um and she does have she paranoid, was or she's antisocial personality disorder and bipolar personality yeah. disorder yeah okay um she also started boycotting food and stuff so it was like she just knows not handling that very that reminds well reminds me of richard chase when he was like convinced they were poisoning him exactly it's like they test the food and it there was no pee in the food at least from like right. reports the public can see like could be a cover-up who knows but no, yeah um I, I don't trust the prison guards either but still yeah it definitely seems like she didn't like the treatment that was on death row but you're on death row so right um she dies by lethal injection on October 9th, 2002. Her last meal was a cup of coffee, and her last words were, quote, Yes, I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back, like Independence Day, with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and all, I'll be back. I'll be back. End quote. I just got goosebumps all over my body. I feel sick. Oh my god. So she's definitely not in a very stable state of mind at this point. For a second, I thought you said January 6th, and I was like, (gasps) she was an insurrectionist. (laughs) No, no, June 6th. Oh my god. She was the 10th woman in the United States to be executed. Whoa, that's a, whoa, that's a crazy number. 2002? Yeah. That was off Wikipedia. (laughs) <laughs> maybe should fact check that but oh my god um eileen requested that the natalie merchant song carnival from her album mm. tiger lily was played at her funeral um was it yes it was um she had spent a lot a lot of time listening to this album on death row uh like mm-hmm. it just was something that she enjoyed listening to at the time brought her some peace um and when merchant found this out she gave the permission of the song to be used in the credits of one of broomfield's documentaries that he makes um but it was like she wasn't sure at first but she had that really good quote that i wanted to put in here and the quote uh the documentary was called eileen life and death of a serial killer Mm -hmm. but merchant's um she explains something really well and i'll point it out but her long quote is when director nick broomfield sent a working edit of the film i was so disturbed by the subject matter that i couldn't even watch it eileen wernos led a tortured torturing life that is beyond my worst nightmares it wasn't until i was told that eileen spent many hours listening to my album tiger lily while on death row and requested carnival be played at her funeral that I gave permission for the use of the song. It's very odd to think of the places my music can go once it leaves my hands. If it gave her some solace, I have to be grateful. End quote. Whoa. I like that she says she led a tortured and torturing life. Yeah. Like, it. that, that sums it up really well. Of She 
I have goosebumps. She had an awful life, but that doesn't... She also ended the lives of so many, so you can't throw that away. But yeah, I thought that was crazy. That's brutal. Like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I was just, like, slapped and then kicked. Like, her life was so deeply sad mm-hmm. and like I mean how many serial killer stories starts with abuse though I, I yeah. feel like I'm just empathizing so much with her because I'm one also a woman yeah two like we don't hear many women who go through those stories become the murderers a lot of the time those women become victims their whole lives yeah and the men become the perpetrator, like Ted Bundy and Dahmer. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. I was my stomach hurts. Yeah, it's a, it's like one of the stories people come fascinated with too. A lot of the stuff yeah. you're saying, like it, you usually women, women in that situation, a lot of times just end up getting hit further and further down, and mm-hmm. she kind of tries to take like the quote man's role in her story. Yeah. She's like. I'm not. I'm not gonna let them do this anymore. Um, but it's there's countless books and movies and documentaries about her life. There was a yeah. bunch of like struggle with the rights to her story that I wound up Why? cutting out because she like gives someone the rights. Broomfield is the one, and okay. like later takes it away from someone and gives it back to someone, and people <laughs> are trying to buy it because they, it's different, you know. It's a yeah. it's a woman, a woman being the killer, and it's a true story. People, oh, did my iPad die? I think it did. It didn't give me any warnings about my battery level. <laughs> okay, but yeah. That is Eileen Warnos. Um, okay. So, we def- a few things <laughs> We definitely share. went over our, our... Yeah. But 2.30, I'm okay with that. But the, um... This source... Wikipedia says that the first woman who was put to death in America was the electric chair September 18th, 1849. Um, she killed her stepdaughter... But there's another source that says it's a different woman named Mary Surratt. Um, Another source says Mary. And then I found this chart that's a list of women who were executed. Oh, wait. I don't need since 1976. I don't need 1903. Why? Unless the first one was 1903. That would makes sense but no um the eileen's on the list yeah she was the wikipedia said she was the 10th not the first yeah no i was trying i was telling you the first because oh okay okay yeah 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 yeah. um but these charts are really confusing okay yeah this is they're out of order this this article explains better she was the um 10th in the United States to be executed since the 1976 United States Supreme Court decision restoring capital punishment. Gotcha. Okay. So, like, when it's brought back into, like, modern. Yeah. 
I wanted to know what the first one was. I felt like you were curious, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the this list says there's 55 total. Yeah. The last woman to be put to death in the United States, I actually just skimmed an article about it the other day, um, was January 13th of last year. It was Lisa Montgomery. I don't know if you read that story while it was happening, but it was gruesome. I did not. And the last bells. woman before her was... 2015 no she murdered her neighbor who was pregnant and like cut her stomach open to pretend the baby was hers oh that's awful yeah. no and she was put to death last year wow but before that the last woman to be put to death was in 2015 yeah it's crazy you just don't have have that like yeah damn and also, like, women will a lot of times get the, the softer sentencing and, like, yeah. you know, a woman's weaker in the eyes of a court or, like, more fragile. Yeah. Um, that's just, like, a misogyny thing, though. It's crazy to see that on a chart, though, with dates. Yeah, it is weird to think, like, 2002, and she is the 10th one since 19... Like, how many, how many people are put to death and to be the 10th woman out of that number... I mean, yeah. like, that's a good thing. Like, I'm glad we're not putting more and more people to death, but it is just weird to see the statistics lined up like that. Right. Damn. I feel ill. Yeah. It's one of the icky ones. I, mm-mm. That's, mm-mm. Mm-mm is correct. Yeah, I was going to do this one earlier in the podcast, too, but it, like, it's just so, like, nothing good happens. No. It's such, like, a just story where you're, like, and this bad thing happened, and then this bad thing happened, and then this bad thing happened, and then she kills people, and then bad things happen. Like, it. Wow. I don't. But I guess that's how serial killers work. You know, yeah. like it, <laughs> that's just part of it. I, the only reason I knew who she was at first was because of American Horror Story. I think we've talked about how distasteful that episode was before. Um, oh, yeah, where they're at, at the table. Yeah. Hell, Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I said, I've repented for my sins. I used to be a huge American Horror Story fan, and now I think it's really, really, really gross the way that Ryan Murphy conducts himself. Um, because of all things glee and american horror story what the fuck is wrong with you (laughs) but the it was extremely distasteful the way that they played that up and eileen was one of like the guests present yeah and made some crude comments regarding like her abuse and it was very much like he had it coming he deserved it it's like that's a mentally ill woman. Yeah, and to like play them on a screen like they're just some Halloween monster. You know, like it's right. just a character that comes out around ho- like it's one thing to have Michael Myers and Jason lined yeah. up that are fictional characters. They're fiction. They're they're fictional serial killers. Like it's still kind of like okay, we're like <laughs> making up serial killers now, but um, but no one had to die for that story to exist. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, like, it's brutal, like, 
I mean, like we talked about, I don't remember why we talked about it before. It might have been one of the cases we were talking about the Night Stalker because he was also present. But like the way that people will boil like mentally ill people. Yeah. I I don't know. By extension, I guess all of those people are extremely mentally ill. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I've, I've said it before. Like, I don't believe in the death penalty. Yeah. That's, like, reformation. But, like, how far can how far can you reform those people? Yeah. They're so far gone. They have a... Um, I kind of skimmed over the, the psychiatric panel that was done on her. But they talk about, like, there was key points in your developmental phase that you have to hit and you just can't in being brought up like that like you yeah it fundamentally your brain forms different due to like that kind of upbringing that kind of trauma like it's just so much that your brain being like growing up like that makes your brain form different like your brain can't handle that high emotion that high levels of those chemicals in your Mm -hmm. brain and it like has irreversible effects pretty much is what they were saying like it's from the get-go she was going to have issues and then with the system failing her after that like there was it just like spiraled out of control and it's crazy because like by that logic there is a point of no return yeah i mean like you can still get help like if she had yeah, those issues like and management. then got help growing up and like caught for what she was doing and someone pointed out like hey this person's struggling but it's like by now you can't go back and redo those developmental milestones yeah she like you know that's that's probably what caused like these antisocial personality disorder and yeah. your bipolar disorder um like that's something that you can manage but like it'll never just go away yeah she was scarred from the get-go well (laughs) on that that very sad note (laughs) i feel sick to my stomach Uh, um leave us an itunes review (laughs) i guess talk to us on discord (laughs) yeah i don't know there's a show also that came out last year about not a th- not a show but it's like a horror thriller film in mm-hmm. um what's the title i was just gonna shout out it's peyton list is her when she's younger oh damn. um eileen werno's american boogie woman boogie woman yeah that was the title choice um yeah it's one of those ones where it's like a dramatization of the whole thing and it's like that's kind of iffy but I just right. thought it was interesting. I was like, hey, Peyton Liz, she was on Jesse. <laughs> Imagine going from Jesse to that. Seems like being a serial killer, yeah. The pipeline of oh my god, oh my god. It's the pipeline. <laughs> I saw I saw a TikTok the other day that was like the pipeline of Disney celebrities playing serial killers. Right. And it was like Zach Efron as Ted Bundy and Ross Lynch as Dahmer, and then it's fucking Peyton List. Peyton List as Eileen. She wasn't in that TikTok, but I'm gonna duet it. <laughs> like, I'm not, but that's crazy. What is it with Disney stars and playing serial killers? Wild. 
Oh my god, we have to go. <laughs> yeah, it's, this episode's getting so much longer. Podcast, we love you. Good Next night. episode will be two hours. We promise. Mark my fucking words, okay? This is the start of something new for us. <laughs> We're getting back to reasonable time periods. Um. Anyway. Bye. Love you, thank you, good night. Bye.